Hello, and thanks for listening with us today. We are the Beach Church. We are real people trying to show real love from a real God. We hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you continue to stay with us. We are encouraged by everyone who listens. We hope that you are blessed today by everything that we talk about. See you guys. Take care. Thank you all for worshiping with us this morning uh, and for just honoring the Lord uh, in a beautiful time of worship. There's nothing more precious than uh, having that convergent moment where heaven and earth collide and we can sing praises to our King together. Uh, We're so thankful for that. Um, And we're so humbled and honored to be able to continue to to honor him and to to worship him uh, through our time together. And so... uh, we want to do that today through uh, some of our uh, times of uh, reading. Uh, and so you guys know we've been going through uh, and reading uh, passages of Scripture that lead up to uh, what we are going to be discussing. For us, it's an intentional effort to uh, pattern our, our hearts and minds uh, on the Word of the Lord. And I love being able to connect uh, what the Old Testament And the New Testament have to say uh, what the Psalms and the Gospels have to say. And so uh, we love being able to do that. And so uh, we want to continue to do that today through our readings. And so uh, we're going to have Zeb read uh, Malachi chapter uh, 3, verses 6 through 12 this morning. Tim's going to read Psalm 96. Uh, I'm going to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And then Diana's going to come up when she comes up to minister this morning. She's going to read Matthew 22 today. And so um, go ahead, Zeb. Good morning, Beach Church. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Amen. Word of the Lord. Amen. Tim's going to read Psalm 96 for us this morning. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all the families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord 
glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the, uh, let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Amen. Word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 to you this morning. From Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We thank God always for all of you as we mention you constantly in our prayers because we recall in the presence of our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and endurance and hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you and that our gospel did not come to you merely in words but in power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Surely you recall the character we displayed when we came among you to help you. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord when you received the message with joy that comes from the Holy Spirit, despite great affliction. And as a result, you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you, the message of the Lord is echoed forth, not just in Macedonia and Achaia, but in every place reports of your faith in God have spread, so that we do not need to say anything. For people everywhere report how you welcomed us. And how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, our deliverer from the coming wrath. Amen. Amen. Would you make Pastor Diana welcome as she comes this morning? Whose likeliness is inscription? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Whose likeliness an inscription is on this. They said, Caesar. Then he said to them, therefore, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are of God. Then they heard it, and they marveled, and they left him and went their way. Father, we thank you for this day as we come together, Lord, to study your word. I pray, Lord, you hide me behind your cross and just take away all distractions, Father, as we tie this together and we bring about the most important pillar among us that's unchangeable. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I would like to do is I'm going to try to tie all these verses together for you and show you, just like what Pastor Jimmy said, how the Old Testament and the New Testament come together. And I want to thank him for sharing this message with me because we were talking about it during the week. And um, he gave me what he had, and I put more into it. And it was just beautiful to be able to discover how all these verses tie together. It's not the Old Testament and the New. They come together because there is history in the Old Testament to the New Testament. And in today's world, there's such constant change. I don't know about you, but you just turn your head and something's changing around you, right? 
the seasons. I was saying this morning, um, being from New York and now living here for about 10 years, man, we experience every season in one day. <laughs> okay? We wake up and it's so cold and so forth. And so we experience all four seasons in one day here in Virginia. But not only that, our cultures are evolving. And um, our personal lives, they change. Our attitudes, our personalities, our looks, right? Some of us are starting to adjust to the white hair that grows after a certain age, right? <laughs> There's constant change around us, right? Amen. Yet in the middle of all this, in the middle of the whirlwind and the chaos that we see around us, there's one unwavering pillar, one that is unchangeable, and that is the nature of God. And so I'd like to talk to you about God's immutable nature as we tie these scriptures of Malachi, 1 Thessalonians, Psalms, and Matthew, and we bring them together. It's an inviting, it's a journey inviting you to see the heart of God, which is constant. There is consistency in him, and there's no change. Amen? I'm not going to read everything, but I am going to highlight in a couple of the verses we read just to bring out what is in these verses. And so first we're going to look at Malachi 3, 6 through 12, where the first verse is so full of important information. Sometimes we read the Bible, and we don't realize that we're reading it really fast, and we're not capturing everything that we're reading, right? Sometimes we're in a hurry and we got to get our three chapters in for today. Check, right? <laughs> or whatever our study method is. But this verse begins in Malachi 3. For I, the Lord, do not change. Okay? For I, the Lord, do not change. Uh, therefore, you children of Jacob are not consumed. Like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you don't change, right? Um, for the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you, how shall we return? And so I'm going to jump right into the topic for this section, which is called God's constant call of faithfulness. Because through this, in this journey, we're going to see his consistency um, and his faithfulness. And there's a Hebrew word, shani, shania, which speaks of repetition. Try not to echo. Repetition. You ever felt like um, you mess up or you keep doing that one sin you don't want to do and you just don't find a way to turn back to God because of how you feel or your shame or, or um, thinking that he's not going to forgive you this time because you messed up so bad and so you don't return? Well, that's the first thing we should do is return to him. And as we study in the Old Testament, Israel wandered for years, right? And they kept messing up. They kept being in disobedience. But what was the one thing that they did do sometimes? Was come back to him, right? They returned. And so they repeatedly went through these cycles. But God's consistent call and his faithfulness was always there with open arms to receive them. <clears throat> and so that's why verse 7 where it says, Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts, is so important to know that we can return to him. And he's not going to turn away from us, no matter how bad the situation or the sin or whatever it is that you're going through. So knowing God's unchangeable nature is so important to be able to understand because that's what's going to help us turn back to him when we don't do things right. Because if we don't know his love and we don't have a relationship with him, it makes it really hard to turn to him, right? Because it's almost like you don't trust what the response is going to be. As children, our parents, right? We always have someone we, we trust and we turn to, and that's building that relationship that 
gets you there. Amen. Um, and so God assures everyone that his nature, his promises, and his love is unwavering. It doesn't change. And so his, his uh, nature is subject to other things not like we are subject to as humans, right? His nature is different. So according to his unchanging word, it's promises all over the Bible that show us how he is consistent. In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. So his faithfulness is something that we need to learn to trust and be able to turn to him for everything. Amen? And so his consistency in, in Hebrews 13, 8, I found where it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm not the same today and tomorrow. It depends on Monday or Friday, <laughs> right? When you start off your week, you have these changes that occur in your life, and you never know um, what it might bring. And then Wednesday comes along, and you're like, okay, it's almost over this week. It's almost there. It's almost there, right? But he is unchangeable. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, he is the same. And how do we know that? How do we see that? Through his love, number one. He never changes. Lamentations 3.22 says, His steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Amen? His grace. His grace is always available for us to turn to. Romans 3.24. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. Amen? That's hope right there. Number three, God's power and might are always reliable in our life. We see that in Proverbs 3, 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's, that's powerful because when we go through situations and we're not sure of where we stand, we know that we can lean on him and he will be our strength and he will lead us. And number four, it's his faithfulness. So there's love, grace, reliability, and faithfulness. It's always present no matter what. No matter what your situation is, no matter what painful experience or season you're going through in your life, the one you can turn to is him, and he will be consistent. We have people in our lives that we can also turn to, but there are inconsistencies in, in how things occur, right? Because we're human. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Amen? In society, commitments are easily broken. Do you guys notice that lately? Like, all around us, I think as, as uh, I've, my experience in life and years, I've noticed promises. <laughs> People say them and then, like, turn around and don't even keep them. Right? But God's steadfastness is a beacon of hope to us. And what do I mean by this? We all have cell phones. How many times do you get an update and you sign a contract that's like a mortgage, right? Because it's constantly changing its policies or it's constantly changing something and they're trying to cover themselves, right? Remember my mom once saying to me, you know, back in my time, my parents showed me that if we said something, especially men, and you shook somebody's hand, that was a contract. That was a word that you were to keep. Amen? And so now, not so easy, right? 
And so knowing that God's steadfast is our hope is so reassuring as Christians. He doesn't break promises like we do. We're human. We sometimes can't even keep the promises. You know, the one I make in January where I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm going to eat healthy and I'm going to do this, right? And by January, like, 15th, I don't even make it to 30 days. Things change, right? Um, But it's just good to know that we can put our hope on him. And it's beautiful that Numbers 23, 19 that I read earlier reminds us that this is done because he is not human like us. There's a big difference, and that's that's something we can lean on. So how do we respond to this? Um, And so God wants us to return to him, right? Uh, And it's profound in in the way return. You don't want to just say it, right? It's not just, um, I'm going to move from here to here in a geographical location or um, turn because somebody told me I should. It's from the inside. It's really that the heart is changing and turning to him, right? That our daily distractions aren't drifting us away. Talk about daily distractions. If you're over 30, you know how much the world has changed in the last 30 years with cell phones and computers and tablets and uh, Alexas. They go off when you don't even talk to them. I mean, there's constant distraction all around us, and that can so easily drift us away from what our purpose is and to know that we can turn to him um, in faith and and be hopeful. God's unchanging uh, uh, beckons us to to go into a deeper relationship. It's to be renewed. And I found a verse that I really like. Um, It was Paul speaking in Romans 11.29 where it says, The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. The Lord does not change his word or his promise like we do. Even though we are unfaithful, he stays true because he, does, he can't contradict himself. And that one's in 2 Timothy th- uh, 2, verse 13. So our, our faith can be solid on him. All right, I'm going to jump into Psalms. That's the second one that we read. And so Psalm has a lot of information to it, too, and I know a lot of you will be taken back in time as I talk about this. But, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, O earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, and tell of his salvation from day to day. As we read this verse, we could just see, right, it's referring to singing psalms and uh, because it's a song, right? And this section is titled, A Song for Steadfast. And it's beautiful in how so many of our psalms are actually a song, right? And so um, in verse 5, it says, For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Amen. And so as we study uh, Psalms, we see that even though we're in a different time, songs don't change in some way, right? Because every generation has its song or what some call its beat or its expression, right, of worship. Um, But the call to a new song or to sing an old hymn the reminder of how we worship. It's rooted in the age of, of the truth of the song. And it, to me, like singing an old hymn, because I used to go to like a Pentecostal church when I was little, it was really heartfelt. It was really vibrant to be able to sing one of those old hymns. And some of them are over 100 years old. I'm a couple out there, and you guys tell me if you know. Amazing Grace, 
Whoa, right? Do you know what year that was written? Yes, 1779, actually. Great. The next one, it is well with my soul. You know that one, right? It was 1873, right? I surrender all. It seems like just yesterday, but that one was 1896. Wow, right? So these psalms are, are an invitation to be able to just rekindle your passion and rekindle that relationship with the Lord. And it's biblical. I found um, a Bible verse, which I really love how it tied, kind of put all this together for me. Excuse me. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. Amen? Again, an action that we do as we sing these. But what I, I love the most is that no matter where you're at, it's a universal praise. God doesn't change from culture to culture or from time or place. I mean, here we're in America, we speak English, but there's many cultures all around us. So from the valleys of Africa to the skyscrapers of New York, it's the same God. Amen? It's the same God that we praise, and he's consistent no matter where uh, we are worshiping him. Um, being from New York, they used to say New York was a melting pot. Anybody heard that? Yeah, right? So, um, and there was every culture and every language. But that doesn't mean that God changes because they have a different culture and it's a different God. No, it's one God. <clears throat> Amen. As we jump into Thessalonian, um, embracing the gospel amongst, amongst sorry, amidst <laughs> adversary. We have adversary today? Nah. Everything's calm, right? There's no problems anywhere. So, First Thessalonians was beautiful as I read it because it just showed how the Thessalonians changed, right? And so I'm going to read a couple of verses. Verse 3, I'm going to start. It says, Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope, amen, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we knew brothers loved by God that he had chosen you. Because of our gospel came to you, not only in word, right, not just hearing it, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. We all know what that's like, right? <laughs> um, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers. You see that? Receiving the word, being joyful, and being an example to others. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth for you in Macedonia and Archaea, but your faith in God has gone, has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything else right? For they themselves reported concerning us kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God, okay? And so as we read um, Thessalonians, there's a lot in this one chapter. It's short, but man, is it powerful because it talks about um, 
our heartfelt change, you know, the people and how they truthfully turned, not just by their words, but their hearts were changed. It wasn't just the words they, they heard penned by men. They actually, uh, they actually recognized the divine harpy, or what the Hebrew word log, uh, logos was written for a divine reasoning. They actually took the word and within them felt it, and there was a complete change where it was visible to others. Have you ever seen that in someone where you, they completely, they give their life to the Lord? They're just a different person. Amen? Among the commotions of voices in our world, it's so hard to distinguish God's eternal voice, isn't it? Because some people are like, oh, God doesn't talk to me. He does. He talks to everybody. But he talks like this. He doesn't yell. He's not forceful. He's not loud. He's not in your ear. Hey, don't do that right? And sometimes we're praying. <laughs> I was saying this this morning. We'll pray for something, and we don't get an answer, so we just think it's a yes. Ever done that? I have. I'm like, oh, he didn't say no, so that means yes, right? No. <laughs> okay? We just have to be listening to that voice, and he will answer. And so the transformation that occurred in the Thessalonians, they weren't just mimicking other people. It was an inner change that radiated from inside. They understood his will. They understood God's will. And despite the Thessalonian trials, despite the culture they were in, they were becoming a beacon to others. You ever experienced that? Have you ever been in that position where you can be a beacon to someone else? In the struggles, <laughs> can we find faith and shine to the testament of God's unwavering love? I mean, sometimes that's the hardest times when you're in the middle of a, of, a, a, of a trial or something that's happening within you. Can you shine to others? I mean, I know that when I first became a Christian, you got that joy in you, and you're like, are you ready to go? That should be 24-7, 365, right? Amen? But we do go through trials, and we do go through situations, and can we still be that beacon? Can we still be that beacon to someone else that might be having it harder than you? You know, the one that cuts you off on the highway with no signal light, or the one that, you know, sits at the light because they're on their phone, um, or the one at the grocery store which really cut you in line. You just never know what someone else might be going through. And we think what we're going through is actually the worst, but sometimes it's, it's the opposite. It's the one you're engaging with. So to, to be... Uh, a shining light to others and be a beacon is so important. And the Thessalonians were actually showing this, okay? They were turning, and it wasn't just a casual shift from the culture they were in to a profound redirection. Now, I don't know about you, but change is not easy. They bring a new policy at work, and we're like, no, we're all complaining because we don't want to do it. Change is not easy. But can you imagine for the Thessalonians how much harder it was uh, to turn from idols and turn what the regular culture was doing, turning to God. That's like what we experience, and some children are experiencing it now, uh, where, you know, they've taken the Bible out of school or they've done things that you can't do that you used to do. And just being in the middle and the pressure of everyone around you and the pressure of trying to fit in and the pressure of just following along and keeping the peace. We've got to be careful, right? Because remember who we are and that it is a profound redirection and not just by words. So 
They were leaving behind the empty idols and turning to a living God. I'd say that's a bargain. <laughs> leaving the idols and turning to a living God. Amen. And so not just verbally said it, but their hearts completely turned. So the last section, Matthew, Matthew 22. I'm going to read this one because it does have a lot of information in it too, um, but it's the second part I want to read. Verse 19 where it says, Show me the coin for the tax. And they bought him a dineros. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeliness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are of Caesar, and to God the things that are of God. We all have money that we use here, right? And we know it's not ours. It's just they all have presidents on them, right? Well, the same thing with Caesar. But this is something really important. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but he says, God, uh, and to God the things that are of God. And that's who? Us, right? Okay. So now let's look at a dual alliance between God and the world. Right? Jesus used the word um, apade domini. I'm not Greek, but I tried. <laughs> apade domini. I think I said it right. Which means to give back or to return, right? Give back or return. The way Jesus responded in this verse is so layered in wisdom because they tried to trick him, but he was like, it's obvious whose face coin, who does it belong to, right? Um, and so he, he wanted them to see that it wasn't, it wasn't just fulfilling the earthly obligations, but to recognize that human are here, we're temporal, and we have to uh, go by the things that are here in our world, right? But he is eternal, and so we're not gonna be here one day. Do we really need that money? No, I was saying this morning that um, when I have to make sure that my pampered chef goes to someone that I know, because my pampered chef, I can't take it to heaven, but I love my pampered chef. <laughs> and so, you know, when we leave, we're not going to take anything with us. It's all temporal, right? They're just coins that were imprinted with the image of the rulers at that time. But you know that we're also imprinted with an image Whose image? God, which means he owns us, doesn't it? Amen? And so the term image in Greek is ekin. It's the same term used for creation and creative of narratives uh, made in the image of God. You've heard that, right? We're made in the image of God. We're the ekin. So if we're made in the image, who do we belong to? God, right? So the one that bore Caesar's ekin rendered the Jews, right, to him. That was their obligation. But those who bear God's eagen underscore our profound relationship with him, so that means we belong to him. Our duty is to the creator, not this world. Amen? This is temporary, not this world. And it's confirmed in Genesis 1, 27, where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, and he created them. So in this, we can see that Jesus, they were trying to trick him, but he was trying to tell them the truth. Hey, you know, this image is theirs, belongs to them. But the dual images serves as a profound reminder to us. It's a reminder of who we belong to and how we should operate in society. Amen? And how we're supposed to fulfill our roles while we're here. Our ultimate alliance, we're imprinted in God's image, so that's who we to be filling 
our journeys with, right? Amen? So I'm keeping it short today because I'm ready to close. <laughs> or it was the coffee and I talked really fast. <laughs> but um, I just, it's, it's so important, you know, Pastor Jimmy said something before, how we tie the Old Testament to the New Testament. It's so important to navigate through life's challenges and know that he's our anchor because often we look to the wrong anchor, right? We turn to the things we shouldn't be turning when we should be turning to him because he is unchangeable. And so his constants was so powerful as I read all these verses and tried to put everything together. Um, and, and it reminded me of, of something. As Christians, right, we're saved. We're, we're already imprinted with his ekin. So for God to be unchangeable, it's hopeful. It's good news because he's not going to change with us. Even though we change, he doesn't change with us. But for non-believers, it's scary. For a non-believer to know that God doesn't change, it's scary. Why? Because he doesn't change, which means what he says in the Bible, that there will be judgment and those who are not of him will not make it to heaven. They know he's not going to change his mind because you donated to a company or an, an organization or you were a good person and, and you helped the neighbor and you did this. That's, that's not what it's about, right? And so for us as Christians, this is hope. This is full of hope for us. Today's scriptures really unveiled something that's important, and it's to remember that the things of these world is not what our anchor should be, but God. God, our immutable uh, nature. From the book of Malachi, called to real realignment, Psalms vibrated with worship, Thessalonians transformed faith, and Jesus' wisdom in dual alliance, it's a clear invitation. Amidst the shifting sands of time, we may root our lives in eternal things that don't change instead of temporary things that change by the minute or the second. Amen? So I leave you with Psalms 100, verse 5. His mercy ceases not, for it is everlasting. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can we offer our appreciation to Diana this morning for sharing that word this morning? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just want us to take a few moments before we get into a time of communion to just kind of ponder the words that she spoke today. Uh, maybe we have at times um, focused too much on temporary things, focused too much uh, in an unhealthy way on things that are going to perish away, and really haven't set our hearts and our minds on the things that are eternal. So can we take a few moments and just offer our, really our humble repentance to the Lord for those moments where we have focus too much on things that didn't matter. Lord, we confess today that there have been times where we have not uh, fixed our eyes on you like we should. Lord, we have gone astray by things that we focused on, Lord, things that didn't matter in light of eternity, God, but we have thought about them, Lord. We've acted on them, Lord. So we apologize, Lord, for the times that we have missed the mark, God, and things we've said or done. Lord, by the things we haven't done that we know we should have done. 
Lord, there have been times because of these uh, challenges to, to give in to the culture or to stay true to what your immutable, unchanging nature and word says. Lord, that we have uh, not loved you with our whole heart, that we have been torn and, and duplicit, Lord, in our allegiance to you. God, I pray that you'd help us today to not just fix our eyes on things that we see, Lord, but to fix our eyes on you because you are our source. You are the one that began a good work in us, and you are the one that is faithful to complete today. And so, God, I pray that you'd continue to have mercy on us. You say that you are willing and able to forgive all those who come to you and humble themselves and repent and turn to true faith. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd have mercy on us today, that you'd pardon us, that you'd deliver us from all of our sins and the things that we've done that we know have not brought you glory, Lord. We thank you today that the blood of Christ redeems us. And we ask today that you'd continue to pour out your grace in our lives. Continue to minister and confirm and strengthen us, Lord. Lord, may we come to you today. If we are weary and burdened by life, Lord, may we come to you today. You say you'll give us rest. You will bring everything into order. You will orchestrate it all. Lord, you loved the world so much. You loved us so much that you gave your only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Well, we thank you today for that. We thank you that the saying is trustworthy and worthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Lord, we rejoice in that today, that he came to bring us life and life more abundantly. Lord, we also rejoice today and are humbly gracious and grateful that if anyone sins, Lord, when we have fallen short, when we have missed the mark, we have an act in Christ that humbly receives us and makes it possible for us to come to you. And so, Lord, we have peace today in you. Amidst the chaos of this world, amidst the, the, the uneasiness uh, of our culture, God, with all of the things happening around the world, Lord, we can still have peace today because we know that we are in you. And we can walk in that peace today. And, Lord, we can offer that gift of peace to those whom we encounter and whom we greet and meet. And so, Lord, may you bless us today as we offer a gift of peace to each other, Lord, in these few moments. And may you be glorified today in everything that's said and done, Lord. I mean, can we do that today for a few moments? Can you just greet one another today and offer them a gift of peace today? It's okay. You can play a little music, buddy. Go ahead.
Thank you today for the opportunity, Lord, to offer each other the gift of peace, God. And we thank you today and identify, Lord, that yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty, Lord, for everything in heaven and on earth, Lord, is yours. Everything we have, everything we are, God, is yours. And yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And so we thank you today for that, God. We recognize that all things come from you, Lord. And today, Lord, we have given you what you have given us. And so, Lord, we thank you today. And recognize, Lord, that it is right and it is our duty and joy, always and everywhere, God, to give you praise and thanks for what you have done for us, God. And so we praise you today as we have joined together with the angels, Lord, and the archangels and all the company of heaven, Lord, and everyone in this assembly who forever sing this hymn and proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But we thank you that in your infinite love, you made us for yourself. And when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death and all the chaos of this world, in your mercy, you sent your only son, Jesus Christ, into the world for us, for our salvation. And by the Holy Spirit, Lord, and the Virgin Mary, he became flesh and dwelt among us. And Lord, in obedience to your will, 
he stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself once for all that by his suffering and death we might be saved. And by his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. And as our great priest, our great high priest, he ascended to your right hand in glory that we might come with confidence before the throne of grace today, knowing that he has made a way for us. And so, Lord, we thank you today for this opportunity and recognize that on the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And he gave thanks by saying, Blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. And he broke it and he gave it thanks to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, saying, Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu Malach HaOlam, Bore Padre Hagafen. Blessed are you, Lord God, ruler of the universe, who created the fruit of the vine. He gave thanks and he told his disciples, Drink this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Wherever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Therefore, as believers today in the kingdom of God, we proclaim this mystery, that Christ died, that Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. This moment for us is a reminder that the story isn't over, that he's coming back, and that we can walk in victory today because his death on the cross was just part of the story. His resurrection brings us hope. And as he ascended into the right hand of the Father and makes intercession for us, we can boldly come to the throne of grace. And so we celebrate the memorial of our redemption today. We celebrate all that God is doing in our lives. And we offer this sacrifice and praise and thanksgiving to him. And Lord, we pray today that you would sanctify them by your word and Holy Spirit to be for us today your people, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that you would sanctify us also today. Lord, that we may worthily receive this holy sacrament and that we would be made one body with him, that we would be one in him and one with him today, and that he may dwell in us and we in him, and that in the fullness of time, that he would put all things in subjection under his feet and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom. Lord, we thank you today for this grace. We thank you for the expectation that one day we will see our Lord face to face. We may behold him in glimpses, but we will see him in fullness on that day. And so, Father, we thank you today. And we are bold as our Savior has taught us to pray. Can we pray this together today? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, we keep the feast. Well, we don't presume to come down to this table 
trusting in our own righteousness. Lord, our righteousness is like filthy rags. And we are not worthy to even take the crumbs under your table. But in your abundant great mercies, you are the same Lord whose character is to have mercy. And so, Lord, grant us today the gift and the opportunity, Lord, to partake of this bread and this cup, Lord, that our sinful bodies may be made clean and that our mortal bodies would be washed through his most precious blood, that we'd continue to walk in victory today, recognizing that because of him, we can unite. And so, Lord, we pray today with humble hearts, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Continue to pour out your spirit in our lives. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, grant us your peace today. That we can walk today in victory. My friends, these are the gifts of God. For the people of God. May we take them in remembrance that Christ died for us. And feed on him in our hearts with faith and thanksgiving today. Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Hey, thank you for watching today's podcast. We hope that you will continue to join us and subscribe. Remember, we're just real people trying to show real love from a real God and everything that you do to help with that uh, brings glory to God. So thank you guys. Take care.